This is going to be an interesting episode because this is a film that has such a cult following and was such a huge hit and has been talked up so much, but you were less than impressed with it, I take it. Yeah, I didn't like it so much. There were parts of it that I liked. There were parts of it that I really didn't like. I feel like it's really overrated, and I think that we're just going to do the intro so that we can get into our notes and further uh, excavate that. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm Jackie. I'm Lita. And I'm Batman. And this is Why Haven't You Watched That? I can't tell if it's good or not because, like, my ears are blocked with my headphones. It, it, it's good, and like people know what you're doing. <laughs> so it's. <laughs> I did it really good yesterday to Chris, and like, I just wish that I could, I could get that again. Um. So yeah, we have a special guest in Batman. He's here. Yeah. He, but he he's got other stuff to do, so he's yeah, probably he, not going to he, be here. He for just kind of like disappeared, you know, like he does. Yeah just turn around and all of a sudden he's gone or turn around and all of a sudden he's there in a secure bank vault somehow yeah <laughs> <laughs> because when you're rich people just let you do whatever you want <laughs> yeah which is kind of the premise of this whole <laughs> kind yeah. of the premise of batman in general though to be fair honestly i just don't know how there are people in this city that are like hmm you know it's kind of crazy that we have this really weird millionaire billionaire whatever guy that goes off and does what fucking ever all the time and owns all this expensive stuff and funds like all these things behind the the scenes and we've also got this crazy guy dressing up like a bat i don't know who the fuck it could be yeah who, who has access to this kind of technology and all these resources we just can't think of who it's like clark kent with the glasses you know <laughs> It was just kind of, at a certain point, it kind of, like, beggars belief that nobody would realize that it was Bruce Wayne, especially because in the third film, both Batman disappears and Bruce Wayne becomes a hermit at the exact same time. Yeah. And no one connects the dots. Yeah. <laughs> Not one single fucking person does. It's just one of those things where everyone pretends for for his sake. It's like, like, everyone actually knows he thinks we all don't know, so let's just, like, humor him, okay? So he keeps, like, beating up the criminals for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting into our notes, the zipline at the beginning looks really fun. The beginning shot is really nice when you're getting into mm. the meat of this. See, I think that I would really like this movie if it was not a, a Batman movie. <laughs> because it's tr- I think it's trying hard not to be a Batman movie sometimes. Yeah, it's trying so hard to not be a Batman movie that it doesn't make the Batman parts fun. And it's like, why didn't you just make a different movie? And I know why they didn't just make a different movie, because then it would just be like, oh, Nolan did this movie, and, I mean, yeah, maybe was, the Joker would still he, be there. He was trying to get recognition for himself so he could make the films like he actually wanted to make, which he did later. These were the movies that really put him on the map a lot as a director. And... This trilogy is weird, I feel like, because I feel like the only one that people actually care about, unless they are a diehard Nolan or Batman fan, 
is this one. Yes. Yeah. No one, one remembers the first one, and the third one kind of sucked. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My story with not seeing this, um, I saw the first one. I don't know why. I don't remember much about it, but I saw it when it came out. Um, I watched it with my parents, and I remember being on the phone for part of it with one of my friends because that was our thing in middle school. We all had little group chats on the phone. (laughs) I feel like I didn't see this one because, A, I was sad about Heath Ledger, and B, I didn't really – I've never cared for Batman or DC or this trilogy. I was like, oh, I saw the first one, and it was dumb. And then I saw part of the third one because I had friends in college that were like, oh, you've never seen these? We should watch them together. Uh, but the third one, like, just came out, so let's watch the third one first. Because that I'm makes like, sense. Oh, fucking K. <laughs> so, and then, of course, as happens in college, we were probably drinking or something, and we only watched half an hour of it, maybe, and everyone got distracted, and they were talking to each other, and... So I didn't really see that one either. Like, no one paid attention to the movie. I mean, you didn't miss much, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and pretty much, like, the only reason I would rewatch the first one is because Killian Murphy is the most beautiful man that's ever been placed on this earth. <laughs> I didn't know it was pronounced Killian. Wow. Yeah. I've been pronouncing it Cillian for... Yeah. I did, too, for years, and then I found out it was Killian, and I felt like an idiot. It makes sense. He's Irish, so I don't know why that didn't register for me. <laughs> uh, he is very pretty, though. I, there's something just intriguing about his face. It, it, there really is, especially um, the film he's in, Breakfast on Pluto, where he plays someone... I, it's kind of unclear in the film whether the character is transgender or not, but dresses up as a woman all the time, and it's like, you're also the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I think the Scarecrow is a really scary villain as well. I think so, too. But I feel like in the first one, it wasn't quite done in a way. It could have been done better. Yeah, I think it tried too much to be too many different types of superhero movies. It kind of had that origin story aspect to it. It had the Scarecrow, which is not the most iconic of Batman villains, I feel like. And then, you know, they changed... Rachel's casting yeah from that one to this one to be fair it's much better than Katie Holmes she's much more likable than Katie Holmes was I think that I I do like Maggie Gyllenhaal I don't really remember Katie Holmes performance like whether she was fine like she wasn't bad by any means but Maggie Gyllenhaal was much more memorable and I felt much more of a connection to the character in this film than I did in the first one for sure yeah I feel like you're bound to have a connection with her anyway, seeing as she's the only, like, woman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, but some, not always. Sometimes they do a shit job writing the love interest. Yeah. True. Very true. That kind of goes into one of my notes, was this, the classic women in refrigerators trope. Yeah, I And was... how it's used in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> my thing was, at this point, and then a couple other times... The Joker has shown that he's a psychopath. Yes. Like, he's not... He's crazy. Like, nothing that he's told them has been 100% true. But he gives them the addresses of this place. Mm-hmm. And honestly, going by the fact that they would even be the correct addresses for either of the people yeah. is taking a lot on faith. And I know that they had to do that just because... Like, what they have nothing else to go on. Yeah. 
But why would you think that he wouldn't switch a ruid on you, especially yeah, because he literally does that several other times? <laughs> I know it, he, it, his his chaos is very predictable. Yeah, weirdly enough, and also this whole species. Do I look like a man who has a plan? It's like yes, you do. Literally, the only thing you've been doing this whole movie is, is planning, cra- is making these intricate, elaborate plans. <laughs> like yeah, it's all like a fucking heist movie. It's all plotting. It's all scheming. He schemes. He's a schemer, just like what he says he's not. He totally is. And that's another thing is really he's a schemer more than any of the other people in the movie because everybody else in the movie is so fucking stupid. I'm so sorry, but they're so dumb. Please elaborate. They just they don't think about anything that they're doing. The commissioner and all the cops and Batman, it's just like, oh, I'm just gonna go do this now because I'm just reacting out of emotions, which is not something that cops and detectives are supposed to be doing. They need to be applying logic to the situation, and I feel like they're constantly just reacting, and can you they name don't... A, can you name an example of one time that they did? Just the entire movie. I can't... <laughs> I, know, I just want to get into, like, specifics, too. Yeah, I, I don't even... <laughs> just all of it. <laughs> Yeah, like, pretty much any time that the Joker tells them something, and then they're like, oh, no, we have to go do this. Like, when they're trying to protect the, um, the officials that he marked. Yeah. And then, you know, they just are all axed very efficiently. It, they should have realized far sooner that there were dirty people on the team. They should have connected the fact that these people had members of family in the hospital or yeah. this or that you know like Dent, to be fair Dent <laughs> literally tells Gordon that he's like look I investigated several people in your special unit and you shouldn't trust any of them exactly and Gordon and is like well does. I have to work with what I have I guess and it's like okay you work with what you have sure but like don't just blindly trust everybody when you know you can't exactly that's that is what I was getting at because it doesn't seem like anyone does anything to prevent to prevent anything from happening based on the knowledge that they get. Like, they get little nuggets of knowledge throughout the movie, and they just kind of don't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Which is... Like, I feel like part of the reason for it, too, is that this movie might have been better, to me, at least. I know that, you know, it's universally accepted as the best superhero movie and so critically acclaimed and it's shot beautifully, the score is beautiful, the stunts were amazing and and Heath Ledger is amazing. But I think that so many of the shots really needed more breathing room. So if it was like a three hour long movie, I think that it would benefit for me a lot. Or if it was a shorter movie and there were some of the maybe more extraneous things picked out and made more concise. There were a lot of shots and scenes that are just two people talking and they literally say two sentences to each other. And then it just cuts to something completely different. And (laughs) And now for something completely different. (laughs) Yeah, the pacing just felt weird to me. The editing felt weird to me in parts. Um, I I don't know if if you felt that way too. That is a a common criticism of this movie, especially for the action scenes. Which I, yeah. I I personally feel weren't edited in the best way. No, they and, were not. <laughs> and it, it's not the worst action scene editing I've ever seen, but it it's not super great. And 
I feel like the the car chase scene really kind of exemplifies it as yes. well because it's so hard to follow what's going on during that or where anyone is or in yes. relation to anything else and it's it sucks because there are really cool moments like when the truck flips over mm-hmm. or the part where Batman's coming towards the Joker and Joker's like hit me hit me then he slides yeah. right past him the Joker like that was that was fucking awesome especially seeing that in the theater that was so cool But a lot of times, the shit's very hard to follow. I agree. And I think that part of that is, like I I said, the stunts are amazing. The stuntmen are out there doing their damnedest and showing (laughs) the fuck up for this movie. Like, they did amazing. Yay. And (laughs) they need to have their category in the Academy Awards Oh, absolutely. It's Um, such... Yeah. I know that the, the, the... truck flipping stunt was one of the hardest to pull off in the movie and then mm-hmm. the bus at the beginning and the bank was yeah. really hard for them to pull off as well so technical marvels everyone involved with those but then i think that they were so focused on the imax cameras yeah and maybe being too scared to get in close to some of the shots and some of the action because i mean they destroyed one of the th- for IMAX cameras, which are like $500,000, so that's understandable. But I think that some of that could have been fixed in the editing. A lot of it just feels, like, muted. The action scenes didn't get my adrenaline going. They didn't get me excited in the way that a lot of action scenes in movies do. The only times the action scenes I would get excited is because of the score and the music, not anything Mm -hmm. that was happening on screen. Because Hans Zimmer... Again, out here showing the fuck up the for The only movie. composer. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't get Hans Zimmer well, then your movie's fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that that's completely true. Yeah, I know, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big complaint, I think, that I had. Because it is a superhero movie. It's kind of a crime drama movie. And it doesn't seem like it really stays long enough in any of those moments because it's trying to be both. Yeah. Um, I, I can't I can't imagine. It, it's a diffi- it's a very difficult balancing act. It is. I would imagine. Yeah. And I mean, cuz this is the strongest film in the trilogy and I feel like watching it as not a Batman movie is probably the best, the best. way to experience yeah. it because when I was watching cuz I've seen this like a bunch of times. I saw it when it came out. I mean, I did really really like it when it came out, but I wasn't like obsessed with it like everyone was. But, like, watching it so many times, not having watched it for several years, and like you, I was never a Batman person or a DC person. I was very much a Marvel and Spider-Man. That was what I was into. Yeah. Um, and watching it again, just kind of, like, divorcing it from Batman, and it's just kind of like, oh, this weird thing he does, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and then, like, mm-hmm. and then just, like, watching the movie on its own merits, it's a lot better. Yeah, I agree. I was kind of trying to do that anyways because Christian Bale, for me, seeing his face, I can only see American Psycho. It's hard for me to take him seriously as a good guy. Yeah, especially when he has that the same haircut as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's a rich dude, yeah. you know, doing shit for kicks, and it's a very different kind of thing that he's doing, but still. Uh, I feel like a, a lot of the moments with him could have been a lot more human, like, I didn't really get a good sense of his relationship with Alfred, which I feel like is very imperative to Well, I think, I think most of that ground was covered in the first movie. Yeah, but again, who cared about the first movie is the thing, you know? 
Uh, his moments with Rachel were nice, and at the beginning with Harvey Dent, where you can see him deciding to like him. Yeah. When he's like, oh, man, this guy thinks that I'm cool. Yeah, so and then, the, then the same moment cool. reverse later at the party, when mm-hmm. Harvey's like, oh, I guess Bruce Wayne isn't so bad. <laughs> yeah. I liked uh, those little moments, too. There were also a lot of parts where I felt like people were very much underacting. And I don't know if that's supposed to be, uh, oh, well, we're all just so used to this crazy crime that now nothing can surprise us. But there were a lot of parts where I feel like people should have been, like, screaming and crying. Yeah, like when, like, that that scene where the dude whips out the gun during the courtroom scene. Yeah! It's like, well, wow, this feels like a movie and not something that would actually happen. And then Rachel's is like, oh, well, if you're not uh, getting shot at, you're not doing your job right. It's like, how bad is it in Gotham? Yeah. Exactly. I guess very bad. Very, very bad is the answer. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's kind of the thesis of the movie is that if Batman didn't exist, it wouldn't have gotten to the point where it was so bad because at first he was just taking down normal burglars and, and car thieves and rapists and murderers maybe and then there was like oh well now we have to have all of these really crazy elaborate mobsters and and uh super villains meeting him no the i mean the super villains thing is one thing but the mobs and stuff those were there already though that would yeah they mentioned in the movie that they've been a problem for decades yeah in gotham so they were there it's just now finally they're being uh forced to reckon with what they're doing because batman is fucking up all their shit yeah. And so they need to get more extreme to match what he's doing, which yeah, is that's, where the Joker comes in. That's what I was saying, basically, is yeah. that, like, they were able to just function as a mob in, you know, any other type of movie that you would watch about yeah. mobs before, or in real life, the mafia and shit. Yeah. And then when he comes in, they have to, to elevate to his yeah. level of... Be- fucking stuff up (laughs) yeah basically things gotta get worse before they can get better finally yeah which is also i feel like part of the point of the movie the night's always darkest before the dawn oh the dark night a a a (laughs) yeah um this is kind of like i don't know just because this movie feels so much more grounded in reality than any other like superhero movies And it's a style that other superhero movies tried to emulate so much after it came out, and it was so successful. But with the way the movie kind of treats the concept of Batman, it kind of rings sort of as authoritarianism to me. And they actually discuss that in the movie itself, which I thought was very interesting when they're talking at dinner about how, like, oh, well, Rome had, like, a protector who would guard the city gates and he was in charge, and blah 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 and Rachel's like yeah and the last person who had that job was Caesar and then he became a tyrant and but it's not really addressed how such a problem would actually be fixed it's just like well that's the price you pay I guess and it's like is it though is it (laughs) I'm not really sure how to how to address that point either yeah yeah it's it's complicated because again this is a superhero movie it is a problem with the concept of superheroes in general. Like, why does this person have the right to be a vigilante who gave them the mm-hmm. authority to do this and all that stuff? But stuff like the Mar- it's so clearly divorced from anything in the real world. We don't question it. But with this, it's a lot more realistic. And so it feels like a much more difficult subject to tackle. 
I mean, I do feel like it is addressed in a lot of superhero stuff. Like, I feel like it's addressed in Spider-Man. They try to vilify him mm -hmm. to the city, and it's addressed in the new Marvel movies with the Avengers. Yeah. Um, like, isn't Civil War pretty much all about that? Yeah, well, yeah, Civil War is, like, how they have to be held accountable and stuff. Yeah. And But, like, I feel like, again, this, like, you said you don't really like gritty superheroes, and this movie mm -hmm. is kind of what started that trend. Yeah, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why I'm just not digging it so much, <laughs> because I think that it also started off that trend of gritty DC, yeah. specifically. Yeah, specifically and that, yeah. when I said before that I never liked DC before, it's not entirely true. I did like the Batman animated series when I was a kid, and I watched that with my dad, which was, like, bonding time for us. Um, and... I am always a slut for Teen Titans. I will <laughs> love Teen Titans until the day that I die. Um, and I recently have gotten very into playing the Injustice video game. So I do appreciate... Oh, and I'm also into The Flash, but, like, it's a CW show, you know. So should I mention it? Probably not. <laughs> uh, so I do have more appreciation for DC now. And I do think that... In finding that appreciation, I am realizing even more so how out of place the gritty superhero thing is for a lot of DC characters. They keep trying to do it because the Dark Knight was so successful. But some of these superheroes, just like the Marvel ones, they're ridiculous. It's it's weird. Like, they're supposed to be a little bit goofy and not in the goofy tongue-in-cheek super meta, oh my gosh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm Chris Pratt and I'm super awesome type way. You know? Like, I feel like we haven't totally found a good balance for superhero movies yeah, it's, in it's a really hard. long time. It's hard. And I feel like, I mean, I haven't seen these two movies, but I feel like with Suicide Squad and the Justice League movie, they did try to make it more lighthearted. From what I've heard, I don't know. I haven't seen them, so I couldn't tell you. But but I think that was part of a, oh shit, they didn't test well with audiences, exactly, so now yeah, we have yeah. to go back and add comedy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, in this movie as well, the comedy from the Joker felt cool. Like, it felt yeah. funny, it felt sardonic, but then the comedy in other moments with other characters just kind of missed the mark for me, I guess. Like, it seemed a little bit out of place sometimes. And I can't think of a, a specific instance of that either. I think that, like, Harvey Dent might have made a joke at some point. I was like, what? <laughs> Harvey's the, a square, uh... though, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I liked him as this whole... Yeah, Aaron Eckhart was great. Yeah, I liked him. I liked the origin story, I guess, for Two-Face, although I think that he goes a little bit too hard, too fast. Yeah, he, he kind of <laughs> does. I mean, it is sort of built up to a little bit in the beginning, where you can see he is gonna he might fly off the handle, like when he... The, when he's got the paranoid schizophrenic yeah. tied up. Like, yeah. even though his coin, we know his coin is two sides that are the same, and he's not really leaving it up to chance, but you can see that he has that darkness in him. Mm -hmm. So there is that, at least. He doesn't go from, like, 0 to 60, like, immediately just because Rachel gets killed. Yeah. But it, it is very sad to watch. I honestly felt more sad watching it this time than I did the other times, because like, as I've gotten older and, like, I don't know, it just felt more real to me that you might react that way after having just lost everything. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess, I guess that's kind of fair. If I was in this sort of world and the person that just told me, yeah, I'm actually going to marry you after all and because I love you. And that immediately is taken away from you. It blows up and you hear it. Yeah. It's... I think I'd probably go off on a killing spree too. And you had half your face burned off of your face. That yeah. also would not be great. <laughs> but I don't know if I would then go to the commissioner's family. And threaten who... to kill his kid. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Because he was not corrupt. He had corrupt people, but that was not his fault. And he didn't know who they were. And like we said, he's dumb for not trying to figure it, figure it out. But he was trying to do the right thing. He was trying to save everybody and do the right thing. Yeah. And then to come in and say, I'm going to kill your kid because that's what's fair now. Because life isn't fair, but this is going to make it fair. Like, no, that has that doesn't make any sense. And I know well, when that you're racked like, with grief, Ooh, yeah. you're crazy. But still, <sighs> I mean, it clearly he was not being rational in any sort of way. I know, but it still. Do, it, it doesn't, though. I, 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 The kid thing kind of pushed a little bit too far. If he had just, like, shown up, maybe maybe his wife. That would have probably made more sense. But then they had to do yeah. the whole thing with, like, oh, we have to leave up to chance because of the coin thing and whatever. But mm. it still felt, like, a bit much. Yeah. And especially in, like, this movie's PG-13, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like, you know they're not going to kill a kid. No. You know, so it's, <laughs> you know that they're not going to do that, so the stake doesn't really feel that high. <laughs> it's like, that would be too dark. Yeah. That'd be way too dark for a Batman film. Even a dark, gritty reboot, it would be too dark. Yeah. Um, We're going to, like, eat our words if there is some Batman movie that's come out that a kid did die in or something. I mean, I'm sure it's happened in the comics at some point. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) one of the Robins dies, I'm pretty sure, but not when he was a kid still. Yeah, I think it was when he was an adult, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Dick Grayson dies Yeah, I think, yeah. There's, like, four Robins, so. Or no, is it Tim Drake that dies, maybe? Because Dick Grayson becomes Nightwing. I don't know. Yeah. I know more about them because of Teen Titans um, <laughs> than than most Batman lore. Yeah. The only Batman I ever really consumed was uh, the original Tim Burton movies. Though I never... And also the, uh, the Joel Schumacher ones, which I was actually fucking obsessed with as a kid <laughs> no listen the, actually the one with two-face the one with uh tommy lee jones's two-face i yeah. i no. me and my mom we went to the movies every sunday and no matter what movie we saw i'm like can we please go in and, and watch the rest of the batman movie oh my we god would sneak into it every single time i'd make her do it constantly that's so funny i loved it <laughs> i think i've seen all of those too uh but i don't really remember a lot about them we had the the Batman glasses that they had at McDonald's. It oh my was a gosh! Whole thing. We had those too, I think. We, <laughs> we still we, have them. My mom still drinks anymore, out of one. Oh yeah. my gosh! <laughs> my mom had a Spock glass from Burger King when the <gasps> Star Trek movie came out. Nice. And it got broken, and she cried, and I felt so bad. And my dad and I tried so hard to find that glass again. And it's, they're really hard to find, I think, Aww. like for cheap at least. And they're like marked up, but <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, it was a bummer. Like we like, my dad found it for her because it was one of the glasses that, you know, when you like, of course, the one thing that you want is not the one that they ever have at any of the, like, of course, never. the stores near you. So they would have other characters. And my dad is like, no, we have to get her Spock. She loves Spock. And then he finally found it for her. And she had it for a while, but then it just got broken one day in the kitchen. It was so sad. <laughs> I hate when sentimental things get broken. Yeah, it's awful. 
um but yeah that was like i never really read the comics i didn't watch the animated series um i never actually watched any of the superhero animated series that were on in the 90s or the early 2000s because i was very i I watched all of them (laughs) i was very much a nickel like almost strictly a nickelodeon kid like i didn't watch any other cartoons almost so like yeah i was it was like sailor moon yeah and like powerpuff girls and i think that was it yeah (laughs) Yeah, I watched Sailor Moon, Powerpuff Girls, pretty much all the Cartoon Network ones, even though I didn't like a lot of them, like Cow and Chicken and stuff. I don't, Ugh. I didn't like that. Curse a Cowardly Dog. I would watch it sometimes, but it freaked me out. Yeah, <laughs> it freaked show. me out too, but I still watched it. I love that show. Um, I watched the Spider-Man and Batman and um, who else? Thundercats. There was another big superhero that had one, but I don't remember X-Men? Now. No, I don't think I ever really watched the X Men one. Oh, I keep hearing I think that, that one it was so good. I think that it was like a missed it by a couple years type thing for me. Mm. I don't uh. know. Back to the movie, at least. Um, I do want to talk about the Joker. Yes. For a little while, because I think that he is the most solid foundation of this movie, oh, and 100%. why this movie is so acclaimed <laughs> it I, he really does carry this film so much and like i it was really great that he won the oscar post humorously and the fact that this film wasn't nominated for best picture i remember is part of the reason that they decided to expand the best picture category because wow, it was really? re- yeah because now it, like 10 films can get nominated i think it used to only be five or something mm-hmm. like that so now like more films can get recognized even if they don't like win the award which i think is a good thing yeah because there's a lot of movies that come out now i feel like there's a way more than there used to be <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's always gonna feel like that i think <laughs> yeah I'm, i think that the more money we funnel into Hollywood, yeah. the more it's going to feel like that. And also, like, it's a lot easier now to make independent film yes. as well because of uh, digital. Whereas before, when it was, like, just film, like, film is very expensive, whereas mm-hmm. digital is much cheaper to produce. Yeah, especially because you don't have to, you can just keep shooting on digital. You don't have to have a certain amount of film and then have to develop all of it and pay for all the chemicals yeah. and then splice it all together. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more labor that goes into it. Mm-hmm. I love Heath Ledger. I one of my favorite movies I think of all time is A Knight's Tale. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that movie completely. I know we talked about it before. <laughs> it's, it's a so good, good movie. It's so much fun. It's such a fun movie. I love it. And I mean that was my first introduction to Alan Tudyk too. Oh yeah, same. It was my first introduction to him and and to Heath Ledger too. Actually, I think. Yeah. I, di- I didn't see Ten Things I Hate About You until much later in life. Actually. Yeah, I think I just saw that movie last year, so. Which he was really good in, too, and that was filmed in Washington. Oh, nice. Yeah, just uh, somewhere outside of Seattle, I think. Um, I think they used some of UW for for some of the shots. Anyways, um, he's amazing in this, and I'm very sad that this contributed to his death in whatever way it did. I know that some people say, like, oh, no, it wasn't wasn't all this. It wasn't like, ah, the Joker drove him crazy, but... It did contribute to it. Yeah, it's it's obviously not the sole cause. Cause obviously he had problems before this, um, but like you said, it didn't help things. Yeah, and again, that gets into the thing we've talked about several times: is is it worth it for the quote unquote art to be kind of driven to such extremes? 
yeah, driven to doing such extreme things to get into character, to acting certain ways on set, to not treating yourself uh, in a timely fashion or asking for help or feeling like you're able to ask for help before it's too late, which it's, sucks. It's it's really tragic. Yeah. And I still can't believe it's been 10 years. I know. It's crazy. And I also remember when that casting was announced, people were so fucking pissed. Yeah. They were like, Heath Ledger is going to play the Joker because he had been, he, he was so known as like a pretty blonde boy. Like pretty skater boy. Yeah. And I, people were so mad about it. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone was eating their fucking words. Yeah. I honestly don't remember if I had a reaction to it, but I do remember uh, when this movie came out, and I think when I found out that Heath Ledger died, I was in high school already, which is crazy. That was 10 years ago. Um, it was in my drama class that we found out about it, which was oh, wow. really sad. Yeah. I think when this movie came out, I was, yeah, I was in my senior year. Well, I yeah. just, I know, well, I, well, when he died, I was in senior year, but when it came out, I think I had graduated already. Yeah, because I think it came out in July. Yeah. And I was... It's also really weird that Iron Man came out the same year. Yeah, it did. That is something so... It's like two very... Two movies with very different tones. Mm-hmm. Very different tones. And the while the Iron Man movies spawned the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we're still fucking dealing with today, <laughs> ten years later, after this trilogy, DC is still very much flailing around. I mean, yeah. they've kind—they're kind of starting to get their shit together, but not really. Like they tried to make that Justice League movie, and from what I hear, it wasn't that great. The only thing they've done right so far, I think, has been the Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, and which I enjoyed, but I think that criticisms of the third act are extremely valid. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's definitely <laughs> not a perfect movie, but it's certainly—it is. A, it's a step it, in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction. A very enjoyable and uh, well-done film. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's very interesting to think about that. And I also remember Iron Man came out. I, I was living in Washington at the time. And uh, <laughs> I was seeing my friends in the theaters. And uh, but that's when my whole... Uh, that was like Robert Downey Jr.'s big comeback. But yeah. it was like a superhero. Like, unless you were like a huge Marvel nerd, you didn't know who the fuck Iron Man was. Everyone knew who Batman was. But Iron Man, like, no one... Like, it was a bit more of an ex obscure Avenger at the time. And now it's like the most famous one almost yeah i always thought that was really interesting too because i did know that iron man was in the avengers but i knew nothing about him yeah and i always thought that spider-man was a big part of the avengers and then they never really brought him into the avengers in I, this universe well the thing with spider-man when if he first became when he tr was trying very hard to get into the avengers and they wouldn't let him in and then they did eventually let him in at some point but he wasn't like I don't know, he wasn't part of the main crew too much, from what I can remember. Yeah. I feel like they marketed him as being in it because they wanted to market the other Avengers and everyone knew Spider-Man. Yeah, everyone knows Spider-Man. Um, and obviously he didn't come into the MCU till much later because of the whole Sony deal. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, it's kind of sad that ten years later those two movies still dictate the tones of their respective comic book studios films. Yeah. Well, they, they were such huge successes, so it makes sense, but at the same time, it's time to grow and change. Yeah. 
and somehow Marvel has monetized that, but grittiness is not as easily monetizable, especially if you don't have a Christopher Nolan directing every exactly. single yeah. piece of it. Because Zack very... Snyder, Snyder is not. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, Zack Snyder. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack with Zack Snyder. I feel yeah. like I feel like he gets shit on a bit too much. Cause... I like Sucker Punch. I'm no shame. I liked Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch, I... I, I still don't, I it's years later I still don't know what I think about that movie but I, I feel like <laughs> Batman versus Superman I went into that I was not intending on seeing it in theaters or at all to be honest but then I got invited to go by a group of friends I had extremely low expectations I was like this is gonna fucking suck I though I did actually think Ben Affleck was gonna be a good Bruce Wayne but um I went in and I was like oh that was a lot better than I was expecting actually it seems like they tried to improve on some of the criticisms from the first Superman movie that they did and but then everyone else was shitting on it and I'm like okay (laughs) yeah I I have actually heard uh more opinions lately I feel like of um people liking Batman versus Superman. And I don't know if it's because they're comparing it to the other movies that have come out that have been worse. Uh, maybe it's a backlash to the backlash, you know? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, I feel like one of the main criticisms was about Superman in that movie as well, but right Superman now in the comics... Is, Superman seems like to be such a hard character to get right. Yeah. It's hard uh, to strike the right tone for the right audience while also still being true to the character. Yeah. Right now in the comics, he's kind of... And the Injustice uh, canon version of it or whatever. I don't know how that all works anymore. It's so confusing. But he's kind of like a villain. <laughs> like, I think that he kills the Joker in Yeah, the I think Injustice I heard comics. about that. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, because he shows up in the, the second game, but he's only showing up in hallucinations and stuff in the second game. Um, I think that the most right they've ever gotten Superman was in Smallville, weirdly enough. Well, they I also, haven't they seen also the had movies. a TV series gives you a lot more time to develop a character than a movie it does. does. It does. I remember Smallville. I actually watched Smallville, now that I think about it. <laughs> Tom Willings was so cute. <laughs> he was. I, like, now... I liked him and the actress who played Lana. Yeah. My little bi self. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was really pretty. I didn't like her character, but then, you know, I always liked Chloe, and she was part of a sex cult. Yeah, yikes. (laughs) Yeah. My friend Grant loved her when we were growing up, and I showed him that when I saw it. He's like, no, why would you do this to me? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Um, why would I do this to you? Well, I could have let him sit in blissful ignorance without knowing about it. You would have found out eventually. (laughs) Probably, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to make some sort of comment about cults and bring it back to Batman and how fanboys are a cult, but I just am tired and I don't feel like it. Yeah. I'm sick of of even complaining about men, to be honest. Yeah. I'm tired of giving them attention, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I agree. I mean... I think from a technical standpoint, the men involved in this movie did a good job. Oh, yeah. The the shots of the city are so gorgeous, especially yeah. because the they did it at uh, the magic hour, it looks like, too, which makes mm. it look even better. The golden um, hour. Yeah. And, like, the shot of, like, uh, when Batman goes to Hong Kong and he's, like, flying over 
the buildings. I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, that was really awesome. And I loved that at the very beginning, and I was texting you when we were watching it, I was like, why is Batman using a gun? What is going on? And then you find out that it's not actually him. And then I loved all the parts where he doesn't hurt any, or like, I mean, he hurts people, but he doesn't kill anybody. Like when yeah. the SWAT team all gets pulled out of the the window, but they're all just like dangling there. Yeah. And then it, when he's in Hong Kong and he steals Lao, um, and they're all just kind of like staring at him. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so, yeah, he's consistent at least. And that was actually a criticism of Batman versus Superman, where because he but did he have a gun. a gun, yeah, and did uh, it's it's unclear actually if he actually like, killed anyone he shot, but um, but he did have a gun. But to be fair, that Batman is also a much older Batman who has been hardened by all the shit he's gone through. But it still is kind of uh, it's kind of like the whole point of Batman though is that he doesn't yeah. kill anyone. But you're trying. I don't. It was just. It was kind of strange. But I can He's see what they're trying to, be to do. A moral compass, even when it would be easier to kill people like the Joker, who is psychotic and always is going to escape Arkham and always kill people. It's supposed to be no killing people is wrong, so Batman can't do it. Like there's a line you don't cross. Yeah. Otherwise, it, you, there's nothing to separate you really from the villains, though. I feel uh, it. It is a di- it is a difficult moral question because there are, I think, some extreme circumstances where it is actually the more moral thing to kill the person who is wreaking so much destruction and ruining and like killing so many other people. But it's still not good. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah, my I, very very eloquent thoughts on the subject. You're welcome. <laughs> I I agree with you. Uh, it's basically the trolley problem, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah. Do you spare the lives of six people to, and then by doing so, kill one? And in the trolley problem situation, you don't know anything about those people. They could all be completely good people, no matter what side of the track they're on. And you're so, for all you know, you're killing an innocent person yeah. in a situation where someone has proved themselves to be a psychotic serial killer <laughs> that probably doesn't have any hopes of being rehabilitated and can't be held by a prison, and they will get out and they will continue to harm and kill more people when it's in this sort of universe where really crazy stuff happens. Yeah. I have a hard time. I would not be able to be a good moral person in this universe because I would say that person shouldn't be here anymore. And yeah, yeah. we can't play God, but at the same time, in this universe, there, ah! this is an ex- <laughs> a very, 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 very extreme thing. And like I said, I feel like it's immoral to not do it when things get that bad, you know? And I'm yeah. I'm not... I, I can't believe I'm bringing... Like, I'm not for the death penalty by any means. Yeah. But again, extremely extreme things, like in comic books and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, it's kind of... I if, mean... If that was happening in the real world, is what I'm saying, I would feel like that person was immoral by continuing to try to rehabilitate someone who can't be rehabilitated and continue to throw in prison someone who keeps escaping those things yeah. aren't working 
So what other option is there? And I mean, I was going to bring up um, in the real world, Ted Bundy. Yeah. We don't even know how many people he killed. Exactly. they never found the bodies. And he escaped from jail twice, and he did kill more people after he escaped from jail. Yeah. There so is... in that situation, you know. You, you, you kind of have to, unfortunately. <laughs> but then at the same time, it's like, well, it's not moral. It, it isn't. And but, it, but at the same time. But the time, alternative is it just keeps happening over and over it's hard it's until hard until they die like naturally you know it's hard it's hard or you if, if there was some way measures. to somehow just keep people in a jar <laughs> that they can't escape with from. little holes in with it. little holes in them <laughs> but then you also run the risk of saying well that's still cruel and unusual punishment if you are actually keeping somebody in um a situation that is so barren from even normal jail experiences which are not great and you know a lot of people don't even deserve to be in those situations yeah depending on even you know with what they've done um then you get into that sort of thing like do you just imprison someone and make them suffer for their entire life I, it, do you I, well i feel like that when you when you're doing something like cruel and unusual punishment you're getting into the thing where it's a revenge thing and it's not actually about doing what's right for everyone is just doing something that makes you feel good about the fact that they're paying for what they've done yeah like the people that are like oh good that person's getting locked up now they'll get beat up in jail yeah it's you know i mean i understand the emotional response to that but it's it's not the moral thing to do and it's also not practical or useful to anybody Where, no, because we do have to maintain logic, because if everyone responded to everything emotionally, it, it would be chaos. Yeah, <laughs> so it, so it's different than what I'm saying. It's like the very, 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 very extreme cases like Ted Bundy. Honestly, mm-hmm. death penalty makes perfect sense. Yeah, but, but they also, um, I think the electric chair is still used, and I think that's what he got. Is it? And, yeah. Where? Uh, in Florida? Well, I don't I mean, know if it it's might still have at the it, it might have at the time. Like I don't I don't know. If it's yeah. still being used now, that's pretty fucked up. I think Texas might still. Oh, and Texas. I'm not I'm not sure about Florida. I I honestly don't know, but I know that that was the big thing there. Um, because ultimately, I think that he was held and sentenced and killed in Florida. Ted Bundy. Yes. Yeah. But then even lethal injection. Uh, I have yeah. heard uh, bad things about. Yeah, that can be fucked up, too. All right, so the U.S. states that still the electric chair is an option are Alabama, Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Virginia. Wow. So actually yeah. not Texas. Wow. <laughs> and I think our- that they might have done away with it recently, because yeah. they definitely have. That, that's as of 2015. Yeah. Um, and it says Arkansas and Oklahoma laws provide for its use should lethal injection ever be held to be unconstitutional. Why would it be held to be unconstitutional? Don't know. <laughs> as opposed to electrocuting someone to death. Yeah, because that that's so much better, I guess. I don't That I don't doesn't know. make any sense. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, just in case, uh, you know, we got a backup plan. Yeah, wow. <laughs> uh, Instead of just hitting them with a hammer, you know. <laughs> God. That's really fucking dark. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, anyways, it is it is a hard thing because I feel like somebody that makes that makes that call 
it is, yeah, I'm saving all these people and I'm doing justice for these people that are already gone. If you can do justice for people that are already gone um, and their families. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Can yeah. you do justice for people that are already and, gone? They're gone. And that also kind of gets into why is, like, a, the whole problem with superheroes in the first place is why is it just this one person's decision? Yeah. Whereas a real world case, like with Ted Bundy, it would be a lot of people deciding as a group uh, and coming to a consensus about something. Whereas something like with Batman, it's just one dude deciding, okay, this person should yeah. be killed because they're killing everyone. And maybe that could be part of the reason why, too, Batman's like, I can't kill anyone because it's not up to me what happens to them. Yeah. We're getting deep. We are. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the, the the whole thing about Batman that people are drawn to is a lot of the, the questions of ethics Yeah, that are brought up. Um, and the superheroes in general, I think. I think that there is that prevailing situation of do we, if we are able to take matters into our own hands, if justice isn't being served, if we have corrupt judges and juries, and if people are being paid off to say something or not say something, if you could take it into your own hands, would you? That's basically what a lot of superhero stories are asking. Yeah, and this movie brings Harvey Dent in as someone who is legitimate, who is fixing the system. And if he's able to do it, then that means Batman doesn't have to exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And then they drive him crazy because it's sort of driving home this point, I feel, that you can't ever entirely fix the system maybe i don't know because because humanity at its core is uh is prone to corruption although yeah. the joker's last thing with the fairy sort of disproves that because neither of them blow up the other boat yeah but throughout the rest of the movie yes everyone is very easily susceptible to corruption yeah and he proves it also with harvey dent turning so dark so it's just it's something that isn't easily answered i think True. is just what you have to go with <laughs> and on the fairies i think i might have like gotten confused about who was on which one. Oh, okay but um the one guy on the fairy full of civilians is gonna do it he's like oh you guys don't want to get blood on your hands and then he decides not to yeah and i i know that part but then the one with all of the prisoners the guy takes it from the cop and is like you can't kill but i can or whatever and then he doesn't do it is that the one where they're like oh the other boat hasn't blown us up yet though so maybe we should wait or was that still i think i think the civilian it, boat i think that was the civilian boat that was yeah. like but they haven't blown us up yet though so we don't really see the reasoning why the prisoner fairy I mean, I did just watch this, like, the other day, but I think they both- I- they both said that, I think. Okay. I think they both did. I think that I missed the other one, because I was like, well, I mean, I was just kind of assuming, even if this guy has killed a couple people as a prisoner, or whatever his crime was, he then thought about it and was like, oh, I can't blow up a whole fairy no, he, to save He was us. determined from the very beginning to throw it out the window, I think is pretty clear, the prisoner. He goes over and is like, I'm gonna do what you should have done. 15 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, shit. I literally didn't see that. You didn't see it? Yeah, he's he goes, like, give it to me and I'll do what you can't do, which is oh, throw fuck. it out the window. 
That takes away my entire question then. I didn't I did not see that. I didn't yeah. see him throw it out the window. I'm so stupid. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, good on that man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But then I guess so my my point that I did come to even without seeing that was that that man no matter what he'd done couldn't bring himself to yeah, kill no. a bunch of civilians and he was horrified that the cops maybe were thinking about it. Yeah. I think also, once it had gone to, like, the five minutes before, two minutes before, it's like, okay, they're clearly not gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> So yeah. why would we do it? That doesn't make any sense. It kind of felt like a saw trap at times yeah. <laughs> with that, you know? Like, do we let the timer run out and see if anything actually happens, or do you just jump the gun and, and you know, every man for himself? Yeah. It's hard to say what anyone would i i mean i don't think i'd be able to bring myself to do it i wouldn't be able to push it fuck no i wouldn't be able to live with myself if i lived because i was the one that pushed a button that blew up a, a ferry full of other people you know what i mean yeah like, uh, yeah i why couldn't, would I couldn't live, live with myself like that i mean if you're gonna blow up it's probably pretty fast so if the other people are gonna do it to you so yeah. be it but I wouldn't, I wouldn't like a life where I knew that I had done that to be able to survive. No. Which I feel like is my feelings on a lot of the saw traps as well. Any of the ones where you would have to hurt somebody else to free yourself, I, I couldn't do it. It, 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 it. The thing is, we can say that now, but we can't know what we would actually do in the moment. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I'm also like somebody <laughs> get real dark here i'm also somebody that has like been suicidal at times so i'm my self-preservation is not at its highest mm. uh as like other people so i feel like i would definitely be like because i know that i would be haunted and have post-traumatic stress disorder and be depressed and anxious and nightmares and blah it's like if something like this happened to me and i survived you're gonna wish you, know? you were dead anyway Exactly. Yeah. I think that I, I'm not saying like, oh, I wish I was dead anyway, so I hope something like this comes no, along. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying like, if you did something like that, yeah, dealing with the consequences of it, you're just gonna wish you had died anyway. Yeah, and I feel like that might be what runs through a lot of people's minds. I, some people are like, I don't care. I want to live no matter what. But yeah. and they I'm don't think not... through the consequences of what they're doing. Not even just like killing other people. Also, what it's gonna do to them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I haven't <laughs> touched any of my notes really. I've I don't really have any notes. Um, I think <laughs> I think there's maybe like one thing. Oh wait, no, this was one thing. The 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 hospital evacuation. They only had an hour <laughs> to get oh all God, of those people out of there. What about the people who were in surgery? What about like that hospital was huge. It wasn't like some small little hospital or small like emergency room hospital or anything. How did they get all those people out and away in 60 minutes? How did that happen? That is, like, the biggest issue I have with, like, any of the plot stuff with this movie. Like, there's yeah. no way. <laughs> I mean, I do think that people that are trained hospital staff are also trained in evacuation measures. I'm sure they are, but uh, it still seems like such a stretch. I think it is a little bit of a stretch for an hour. <laughs> yeah, a couple hours maybe, like three or four hours I could buy it. But, like, yeah. yeah. Especially just trying to transport the equipment that you would have to have people attached to to yeah. keep them safe. Like, everyone's like, just on buses. Like, where's all their shit? Like, I don't... Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. But some sometimes though you gotta like I I definitely get lazy with storytelling and my some plot <laughs> holes like that. It's like it just just don't think about it. Just don't think about it. Just sh- 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 Joker's blowing it up. He's in a nurse's outfit. Don't worry about it. Sh- sh- <laughs> I mean, it is a valid point because I think that is one of the big issues that we will have with hurricanes and stuff. Um, if they have to evacuate hospitals because they'll do similar things to put everybody on a bus, but it takes all day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that scene, though, was really great with with the Joker nurse coming out. Oh, and... yeah, when he, like, like kind of skips off yeah. the thing. <laughs> I think that, I remember reading that was uh, improvised by Heath Ledger. He just kind of like, did it. He just did yeah. it. <laughs> when some of the detonations don't go off and he's like, what? And then the rest of them do and he's like, whoop! <laughs> darkly funny yeah i feel like he definitely gets the the darkly funny parts down pat like when he's like just clapping for commissioner gordon in the cell Mm -hmm. (laughs) just like not smiling (laughs) just kind of like (laughs) yeah that was great that's another thing i have this one in my notes why did they not take off his makeup He's like, just... they're like, we don't know who he is. He has no idea ID. He has no name. We can't find any prints on him or any story, but we're going to leave his makeup on him. I mean, I know that it's not going to give you that much more about you, but like, take his damn makeup off. <laughs> it just seems really silly that they left it on. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> it's for the drama of it. Yeah, just for the I... drama of it all. <laughs> I did like that. Uh, he doesn't actually have a real backstory. He just makes shit yeah, up. Yeah, that's so great. It's, it works perfectly. Because he's Although, just an agent of chaos. He doesn't need a tragic backstory. Yeah, he's like if Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, after the dinosaur shit, he's just, like, carving his face up. He's like, no! <laughs> no, no! <laughs> Man is corrupt! <laughs> Thanks for that mental image. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but speaking of tragic backstories, um, are you familiar with the Killing Joke at all? Yeah, you are. Yeah, have I am. you have you read the comic or seen the film that they did for it that wasn't very good? <laughs> no, I have just mostly seen the criticism for it, and I know the storyline. Yeah. Um, I, I I remember reading it uh, not too long after. Uh, both the Dark Knight came out, also after I had read Watchmen, mm-hmm. um, and I remember reading it, and I was like, "This is kind of like, I mean, it was good, but the backstory fell completely flat for me." I was like, "I don't really buy this," as he was just like a normal guy who went nuts. That doesn't like I don't know. It just it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And I feel like a character like the Joker, he should just be the Joker. You know, you don't need yeah. anything more than maybe he fell in a vat of toxic waste. You know, you don't yeah. need anything more elaborate than that, which is also why his multiple, you know, wow, I got these scar stories are so great as well. Yeah. It's like, do, he's like, I don't need some sad story. I'm just going to make shit up. Just could be, I could be like this way for any fucking reason and you're never going to know. <laughs> I think that's one of the best things hands down about the movie uh-huh. because- Everyone thinks that you need an origin story now. So many movies and books on superheroes especially are like, let's go into their backstory. Let's make a Han Solo movie about the backstory of Han Solo. And it's not even that far in the past before 
a new hope would have happened like no one needs that no one wants it it doesn't make any sense sometimes people can just be characters and their actions and their characterization is informed by what is already on the screen or the page yes and that's the beauty of them yeah, we don't always need to know everything I, yeah and it's one of those things like cool motive still murder like why does it matter why the joker is killing people like no motive is going to be good enough there is to to cover the reason why he's doing it like it might be sad or whatever but it, it might not even be like i understand like wanting to tell the backstory not to say oh this is why he is the way he is isn't it sad wham wham but just to provide context or just to like um just to tell the story just to tell the story because just because you're telling someone's tragic backstory doesn't necessarily mean you're absolving them of the evil they're doing in the present yeah or but i don't know it really depends but i feel like the character like the joker he doesn't need one he doesn't need it i agree he he just is the joker just is the joker and he doesn't need a backstory i am inclined to believe in this movie that it might have something to do with his father seeing as he does mention him a couple of times um but i think that also might just be a reference to oh well everybody's got a bad relationship with their father everybody's or, got daddy issues yeah I, th I feel like it's more up that alley rather than it being a solid origin type story for him yeah i think that one of the most valid backstories for a villain is if they are some sort of mad scientist or they fall into a vat of yeah. something you know <laughs> like something like a dr octopus in a yes spider -Man. that is an effective fucking backstory oh yeah when... that is a good backstory i love that movie <laughs> <laughs> it, it does happen very differently in the comics but um <laughs> yeah well he doesn't have like the nice wife that he you know and all that stuff in the comics he's just kind of like a fucking like what is this he just gets taken over by the arms that's really all that happens yeah but that's still a, that's still a pretty good yeah reasoning for it like yeah he, he's a dude that's just normal and then these things are getting inside his mind yep um but obviously there's not any physical attributes about the joker that would make you believe the same sort of thing about him so that's yeah. it's solid for him to not have a backstory and we're moving on from this topic <laughs> Uh, I have a couple of notes that I feel like are not very uh, imperative to mention. Uh, some of them, the commissioner, Commissioner Gordon, he's just a part of the city, right? Yes. He's he's not part of like the FBI or anything like no, that. No, he's just he's just a regular Gotham cop. So detective. I want to know <laughs> why didn't they have the FBI or the military or someone else involved in this uh, at this point? Because it's like, oh, you are a terrorist. You know, you would think that they would bring in some sort of higher up. Because it ruins the story. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jim Gordon won't be in charge of the investigation anymore. Yeah. And so he won't have as much power to bring Batman into things. That's that's the only mm -hmm. reason. They, they do bring uh, the military and stuff end to the third movie this, when it gets very extreme with bane who is literally blowing up bridges um yeah but yeah, <laughs> but yeah I, I was I, gonna say they brought my, my personal team. theory is the fbi and the american government have just kind of given up on gotham that's what i was gonna say i was like is it just that gotham has gotten so bad that they don't even want to fucking deal with it yeah, like, they're they like wanna... you know what you guys you made this mess you gotta clean it up yourself like if anyone starts blowing up buildings we'll come in but as far as just, like, the rest of it, you're on your but own. But he blows up a hospital. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> People, every, all right, I guess it really has gone that bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then the reason they come back in The Dark Knight Rises is because things have gotten better. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, Gotham is supposed to be New York, right? Uh, Gotham is kind of... Fictional New York. Um, I think so. I think it's supposed to be, like, combination. They shot this in Chicago. Um, okay. Uh, so but I think, I think it, like, in the comics, it's supposed to be the fictional Yeah, it's supposed of, to be, it, yeah, I think it's basically supposed to be a York. fictional, it's probably a combination of New York City and Chicago together. Okay. The Chicago setting makes a lot of sense, considering Chicago's very corrupt, um. Yeah. <laughs> and has lots of crimes. Uh. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know too much about any of that, to be honest with you, but. I don't know a lot about it, I just know enough to know that it's. Yeah. I know that it's been a point of contention between Kanye and Obama and and Trump and all of that, so. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, oh, Alfred kind of strikes me as very hardened in this movie. I actually said to Chris, why is Alfred a fucking sociopath? <laughs> <laughs> because, like, People are dying, and he's just, like, hiding out in Bruce's penthouse, and the only times you see him, he's, like, endure, Mr. Wayne. He's he's an old man. He's tired. Leave him alone. I know. He's Michael Caine. I know. It was, like, I don't know. I just was, like, Alfred, come on. Um, And then Morgan Freeman's character... I liked the moment where he tells the accountant kid, like, you think that this guy is doing this thing and you want to blackmail him? Good luck. (laughs) Good fucking luck. (laughs) It's a valid point, though. It's like, you know this guy has access to all this stuff and beats up criminals for a living and you're going to try to blackmail him and he has all these resources? Yeah. Nice another, try, but... <laughs> another uh, example of why our theory of everyone knowing yeah. is right, because they're just I, scared. <laughs> I, I feel like probably not everyone knows. I feel like... No, many, I know. Many many people must have guessed privately yeah. to themselves. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you know... You know there's people like, never... in, like in forums being like, hey, like speculating who Batman is. Like, I think it's Bruce Wayne. It's like, of course. shh, we don't stay out here. Shh, yeah. you're probably right. <laughs> Have you ever seen Batman and Bruce Wayne in the same room? No. <laughs> it's Batman. <laughs> I also th- liked the part, I, I, don't know, I don't know if liked is the right term, but basically they're criticizing the Patriot Act, I feel like, with oh, yeah. tapping into to everybody's microphones and yeah, that cameras and stuff. And the, the fact that they uh, blow up the system at the end of yeah. the movie. I yeah. feel like that also kind of ties in with the theme, though. You either die here or live yourself, live long to see yourself become the villain. That technology was used for a very good purpose for a very brief time, and then it was killed. But mm-hmm. if it had been continued, it would have been used for evil, most definitely, at some point. Even if they yeah. managed to hold on to the technology and keep it private as long as they could, somebody would have gotten it. Yeah. It's very similar to um, the plot lines of one of the Fast and the Furious movies, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Except it's like, you know, 10 years in the future and they've got cameras on everyone's cell phones and CCTV and everything. Yeah. Um, Which is probably what the government is doing right now to all of us. I'm sure. The FBI agent meme. 
Yeah. Yeah. I hope they really enjoy me watching me pick my nose and stuff like that. <laughs> the thing is, Some it wouldn't be the content. FBI be the NSA. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's my only, my only nitpick of that meme. <laughs> me too. Oh my god. <laughs> but FBI is more fun to say. So. Yeah. Because I feel like at, at your heart, you feel like there's got to be some nice people in the FBI, right? Yeah. They're I mean, always the good guys in yeah, the movies. Yeah, in TV shows and movies, they're the good guys, usually. Like, there might be some bad apples there, but, you know, the heroes are there, too. And then it's like, ah, oh, well, this isn't how life works, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Like, nobody likes the CIA, but people like the FBI sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they can call the Joker in this movie who as far as we know, is a white man a terrorist, yet people still can't seem to do that with white people today. What <laughs> Haven't we learned? We, it's been ten years. We never will, I don't <laughs> I hope we do. We have to at some point. I hope so. I mean, there's something to be said knowing that there are plenty of people who know these people should be called terrorists. It's not like... True. It's just, you know, the people in charge refuse them to call them terrorists. And I think a lot of it is due to social media culture being like why isn't no one talking about this and you're talking about this and it was actually posted on a major news outlet so people are talking about it it's been posted yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just those kind of posts drive me fucking crazy i, I remember them. i remember when that was such a common thing on tumblr back in the day Ugh. it's like oh why is this happening yes nobody on this website people still do that i know i remember it was so prevalent for a long time though because I feel like any post, even if it was a really good post, if that had that added on to it, I would not reblog it. I was like, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> another one is when somebody's like, they post a news article that's like, uh, so-and-so student has made this thing that's renewable energy or done something amazing. And then in the notes, people will be like, say their name. It's this. And that's just... <laughs> The headline doesn't say the person's name because you have to open up the fucking article and read the person's name in the article. Like, it's called a headline because it's supposed to be Draw the heading. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're supposed to read about it later on. I know, like, there's a certain way to do it. Like, you could say in the notes, like, oh, yes, this person's name is this. And this is more of what was said in the article. And yeah. I really like this thing. There's a different way to go about it than just... I'm going to criticize the way journalism has been forever because you're not supposed to put people's names in headlines unless they're a well-known celebrity or famous person in the world that everyone is going to know their name. Like, you can't just be like, Brian Smith <laughs> invented a new way. Everyone would just be like, who the hell is Brian Smith? <laughs> exactly. And they'd just be like, I don't know who that person is. Skip. I'm not going to read it. Whereas, like, Teen yeah. Wonder invents a magic book that tells you when you're gonna die <laughs> and, <it's Yeah>. like... <laughs> and then somebody's like his name is tom riddle get it right <laughs> i would high five you right now if you were here <laughs> consider this a, a virtual high five <laughs> yeah just like snap my fingers against the microphone <laughs> the adr is really apparent in a couple places in this oh. movie which bothered me oh yeah and I know that they had to do ADR because of the IMAX cameras, but I do, this is my nitpick about a lot of movies, actually, and I know that it's such an asshole nitpick because editing is hard, <laughs> but when they cut away to somebody's face at a different angle and they're talking and you can tell that it's ADR because that angle doesn't have their mouth moving. Yeah. 
I just, it grates my nerves so bad. <laughs> Man, if you hate continuity errors like that, you're going to hate watching Martin Scorsese movies. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, he, 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 he'll, he'll have glaring continuity errors in his films because he just wants to use the best takes. And he eh. isn't, like, so concerned about the details, which, I mean, I mean, there is something I can to be said for that. that. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it's very jarring. And it's like, whoa. All right. Yeah. I mean, I understand this maybe would have been the best take, but also you have to take that into consideration, too. Yeah. They just replaced somebody mid-scene. They like Aunt Viv somebody <laughs> in the middle because they liked that take better. Yeah. Like this actress read this line better, so. <laughs> <laughs> but just that one, just and then the it goes back line. to the other actress. The rest of the movie, yeah. <laughs> everyone's yeah. like, "Wait, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Was that? Did she look totally different just now, or am I like high or something?" <laughs> that's a that's a a psych study where they have some people carrying a door, and then one of them will duck behind it, and there's a different person carrying it, and it's just to show that people basically don't. Pay attention. Pay attention. They don't They don't realize it. Especially if it's like, oh, that person was wearing a red shirt. The next person was wearing a red shirt. They just see it as the same person. Yeah. Yeah, I would fall for that for sure. Because I don't... I mean, I think that all people do. <laughs> it's, it's just human nature. Because you look at the most... Your brain tries to find the most important thing that you're seeing. And yeah. kind of blots out all the rest. Unless it's happening for longer. I'm not, one of my professors actually did that to us. It was my forensic anthropology professor, which wasn't the class for it i feel like i think he was trying to make a point about something like how hard that job actually is because people are so very similar um but he had somebody come in shuffle papers and then leave and he came in and was like what can you tell me about this person and we're like as a person that came in shuffled papers and then left and nobody could tell like what color he was what color his hair was what he was wearing you know yeah that's also i think why witness testimony doesn't hold a lot of weight in court a lot of the yeah. times. <laughs> it's true. Like, yeah, your brain can be tricked into yeah a remembering lot of things. things that didn't happen or remembering them differently. That always scares me because I'm like I'm remembering this one way, but what if it didn't happen like this at all? <laughs> and there's no you're... way for me to verify this. <laughs> you're telling me, dude. Uh, after that bad car accident that I had, which wasn't bad in the way that I like got injured or anything. Um, but they, the other person lied on their statement, and then the whole thing was just completely botched. My insurance agent did a fucking horrible job of it. I don't want to get into it, <laughs> yeah. but basically, it, like, they lied about it, and then I was starting to be like, well, what if it did happen the way they said? What if, what if I could have done something else? But no, they fucking pitted me. <laughs> and I fishtailed. Like, that's what happens. <laughs> there's there's no way that they said they that I merged into them. And they, they uh, were not on the same side of the road as me. They pulled out into me. But uh, after that, I mean, it was such a distressing time. And I would have nightmares about this. And it went on for way longer than it should have. And it was handled really poorly. I was questioning my own accounts of it. I was like, maybe it did happen the way they said. So, yeah. yeah. It's that's definitely that's also what gaslighting is as well and why yeah. it's so easy to for abusers to manipulate people that way is because you part of you knows maybe your perception of things isn't actually true. Yeah. Scary it's really stuff. scary. Yeah. <laughs> to close out this podcast, though, I want to talk about that ending scene. Okay. With Gordon 
and Batman because I thought it was really lame. <laughs> you thought it was lame? Why? Because I think that it was really silly how Batman was like, I must go and you must chase me because that's what Gotham needs right now. And Gordon is like, no. And Batman's like, yes. And Gordon's like, okay, I understand. We'll chase you. We'll send the dogs. And then he runs away with his little cape swishing behind him. And then the little boy is like, Papa, why? And he's like, because, son, we must chase him. He is not the hero that we deserve right now. We gotta go after him, and then he'll come back. And the kid's like, okay, Papa, that sounds good. (laughs) (sighs) I know. Like, it's... I know it's more poignant than all of that and everything, but, like, a lot of the lines, they're very, um... I've heard them before. I feel like they've been parodied and memed about a lot. Yeah. So I find it hard for me to take it, to seri- take it seriously. Yeah. It, it was a bit different seeing it for the first time with before. Like, it, it had been, like, endlessly quoted and endlessly yeah. memed and made into jokes and all that stuff. Um, it did make more of an impact. Also, again, the score really helped sell that with the giant, like, thing. And, yeah. Uh, I, I always think it's very funny. Papa. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love that. <laughs> like his son is suddenly a poor Parisian. He's suddenly a, like fucking Oliver Twist or something. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> yeah, I I know. I mean, it's it's a good movie. Yeah, I just didn't wasn't able to like it as much as I feel like I would have if I had seen it originally. Yeah, th- I feel like that is kind of the problem because because like this came out back when social media was really starting to become a thing as well and yeah. like stuff that stuff was like really picking up like facebook and like like i think twitter was founded in 2008 as well i'm not entirely sure and yeah that's when like memes really started taking off and everything and so it just and it was a movie everyone had seen and everyone had liked it and so of course it was going to be quoted and to death and so it, it that stuff kind of gets ruined for you that way which is unfortunate for sure and i do understand that it's maybe not for me but it is for other people so if you stuck with us to the end and you really like this movie and you're mad at me because i didn't i'm really sorry and i'm not saying that anyone has to well, not like this movie well, it's, it's not, a good movie yeah it's not like you're saying it's a trash movie <laughs> yeah i just took issue with like certain parts of it yeah the, the, and it's completely valid criticism it's not like i don't not everyone loves this movie so blindly especially yeah, like 10 years out there's plenty of valid criticisms to be made of it yeah i think that people have made the criticisms before of it's overrated the joker carries it etc etc yeah at the time, people were just, like, so blown away by it as well, because it was, at the, at the time, it was very different. It was, it was, um, it was a moment in pop culture history, which is why we've covered it now. Yeah. Because there was nothing like it before, and there still isn't really something like it now. Everything gets compared to it. Yeah. That, like, tries to be of the same caliber. And that's due to a lot of different aspects of the movie that like we all we talked about the score and the way they filmed it and directing and just 
Yeah. The, the photography was beautiful. The yeah, shots the, the were all beautiful. The cinematography was stunning. And just, like, the general mood of the film as well. And also, like, Nolan has a very particular style that's very mm-hmm. uh, specific to him. You can pretty much always tell when you're watching a Nolan movie. Not necessarily because of the cinematography or how it looks, but just the general feel of it. Which is why I'm going to be interested to see uh, when we do Inception at some point. Yeah. Which I've seen about half of. Oh, I yeah. just fell asleep. <laughs> Ironic. Uh, coincidentally. I almost said ironically. It's not ironic, but that's, it's appropriate you fell asleep while watching yeah. Inception. <laughs> yeah. We tried to watch it on New Year's, and uh, we watched it after the ball dropped. Like, we started the uh, movie after the ball dropped. So <laughs> rookie mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very much a movie you have to, like, pay attention the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's been our podcast. Uh, be sure to follow us on our Twitter. It's YWTPodcast. And also be sure to rate and review us on iTunes if you would be so kind. We would really appreciate it because it's fun to read people's reviews and see what people think of our little podcast. Please don't review us badly after this episode. I'm sorry. Don't come for us. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag don't come for us. (laughs) The fanboys are going to be on our asses now. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe it'll be good if if that happened. It'd be good, good publicity, publicity, you know. <laughs> I I know if I read a thing where it was like the fanboys are mad at this podcast with two women, I'd be like, well, now I have to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I'm Jackie, and I'm Lita. I gotta go get in my Batmobile. <laughs> and this has been why haven't you watched that? Bye. Bye.